This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing pretty well, Josh. And in honor of, I guess this is effectively us kicking off chip season, the yep. season of the FPL. My mm-hmm. wife has just made some guacamole and we broke Ooh. out a, a bag of chips. So it's a, it's a literal <laughs> chip, chip day in my household. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's President's Day here in the United States, which... Um, I guess, you know, it sounds like a celebration of presidents. It's really just that the two, that Washington and Lincoln have birthdays very close and they didn't want to do two separate holidays. So I, I, like, I don't like people to think that, like, we're so vain in this country that we just celebrate our presidents. They're not kings, yes. Brandon. Just Sorry, Taft and Garfield, but this is not about <laughs> you. As much no. as you would like it to be, it's not. <laughs> so we're, we're recording this in the afternoon. The uh, Man United-Chelsea uh, game is kicking off in just a few minutes. So we'll be on goal watch for that. But, you know, there's really no good time to during this season. There's like no good day to record these podcasts. You know, I mean, tomorrow Liverpool play Bayern Munich and that's that's a huge match. You know, Man City play the day after that. So, you know, there's really no uh, time where you're like, OK, now is the perfect time to do this. I mean, you know, yeah. um, so we're just it gonna, really we're, is the curse of all podcasts. Right. I mean, which. Right. How many podcasts do you subscribe to every week where they come back the following week saying, oh, this news broke immediately after we recorded? I know. And I felt that way even more, like more than usual. I think the last couple of weeks of the podcast where you've had stuff like the Obamaing illness. And, you know, I felt mm-hmm. like there was a lot of times and I'm sure other people, you know, people felt this way, even like when they were talking on Twitter or whatever. It's like a lot of advice that we had was just rendered completely moot you know by um by some which isn't normally the case i mean if it was always the case we wouldn't do this podcast right yes. <laughs> like, it just, yes, right. like if you just constantly gave advice that was just immediately invalidated that would not be fun to do but just there's been like a couple like kind of freak incidents that have like changed things a little bit the last few game weeks so it's a it's a reminder though that context is king i mean we we always record after the matches happen that weekend and so much can change during the course of the week including yep 
the Champions League fixtures for Liverpool and Man City that are coming up this week. So we put enough trust and faith in our listeners. You, you guys and gals are all smart enough to take what happens during the week and put it into the context of what we've said <laughs> right. and make your teams the best they can possibly be. And that is also, Brandon, why we do the kitchen table sessions now for our Patreon supporters. So uh, I'm, I'm just going to bump the Patreon plug up to the top here, Brandon. Great. If you would like to support the Always Cheating Podcast, uh, support the podcast that we do, and you also get some free stuff as a result of that, one of which is you get a bonus podcast each week. That is the kitchen table sessions. We typically record that on Thursday night. Heading into the Friday matches, it's kind of a last last look at our team, our transfer decisions. It'll be even more crucial this time around because we have Friday kickoffs this game week. Now, granted, the Friday kickoffs are two of the worst matches you can imagine. <laughs> uh-huh. Cardiff, Watford, West Ham, Fulham. I mean, come on. Those are like – what are what even are those matches? Like, if, like yeah. That, yeah, it's crazy. Why are, why are there two on Friday? Why are the why are they those two matches? It's, it's very – It's strange. one of those put them on Friday so we can get this over with <laughs> right. uh, sort of a situation. However, yeah. I mean, we're going to talk a lot about Game Week 27 in just a brief moment. But West Ham could be a popular pick for teams looking to cover blanks for Manchester City and Chelsea. So West yeah. Ham could be a team to watch in game week 27. That's right. So we're going to talk about that in just a second. What we're going to do in this podcast, it's, it's kind of a strange one. We already did, you know, just a couple of days ago, our game week 26 recap. We looked ahead a little bit. So we're going to talk about game week 27. Um, just I think that a lot of people are already looking ahead to when they're going to play their chips, um, all the blanks that are coming up in game week 31. So we are going to talk about that after game week 27. Let's start with what's right in front of us. Um, and then mm-hmm. we're just going to start talking about talking about like early chip theory. Um, and you know, this is like part one of 13, you know? So like, we're going to talk about this on every single podcast, probably until the season is over. So, you know, depending on, you know, where you are in your, and it's a little bit different for everybody, you know, I mean, not everybody, not everybody has all three of their chips remaining. Not everybody has a wild card. Um, and so, you know, the, the advice can change a lot, but what we can talk about are fixtures and blanks and preparation. We talk about our own teams a little bit, uh, and hopefully all of that is instructive. I I think it's, I mentioned this on last week's podcast. I think it's really difficult to, to talk about chips and talk about transfer planning on, like on audio and actually like, yeah. You know, and like be interesting to, for people. To it listen would work to. better with a laser pointer and a big yeah. projection screen. Exactly, some sort of telestrator. <laughs> you know, right? So, yeah. so I think we try. You know, I think we'll try to be very cautious of not getting too in the weeds when we talk about this stuff. Just talking in broad strokes, and then obviously, um, you know, you can go to Twitter or our Slack or wherever and, you know, debate this a little bit further, but it's good to at least get, you know, get your brain thinking about that. I mean, game week 31, there's so many blanks coming up that it's really already changing, you know, my transfer decision for game week 27. So, um, Brandon, let's talk about game week 27, but first, uh, let's do a couple of Patreon thank yous. Yeah. So we have two new Patreon subscribers this week at the Embakani tier, Jamie Moon and Sway. Thank you both for your supporting of the pod and if you'd like more information on what's involved in supporting the podcast visit us at patreon.com slash always cheating josh mentioned the kitchen table sessions and we have our slack supporters chat forum and and various other treats for you so yeah head to patreon.com slash always cheating for more info yeah and even though recording on monday i will be doing a kitchen table podcast on thursday night so keep an eye out for that i'm looking forward to that josh Oh, good. I I am looking forward to it too because I I'm still not entirely sure what I'm going to be doing this game week. So yeah. let's get. I mean, let, a, let's be clear, Josh, yeah. Josh. For those of you out there who don't know, Josh is having a phenomenal season. So pay attention to what he's saying. The he's, stakes, he, yeah. Which actually, which thank you, Brandon. Uh, but the 
but the stakes, yeah, it actually it's causing me a lot of stress because <laughs> I want to I want to stay there, you know. I am yeah. a twenty six sixty overall, and I have all three chips and my wild card left. So I feel like I feel like with careful planning, I mean, it, like even the top five hundred is like is possible for me, which uh, um, I like. I'm just going to, I'm just, I'm saying it. I, I've been, I've been scared to even put that into words, Brandon, but there you go. I put it out there. That is my new goal for the season. FPL um, general yeah. levels of success right there. I yeah, dig it. Let's, exactly, let's go. Exactly. Oh, and Brandon, just a, a quick side note too, before we get into game week 27. Um, so we're doing, uh, it's going to be a slightly shorter podcast this week, but if you stick around the second half of the podcast, we have a, uh, an interview that we recorded at the Yale Soccer Conference with Pierre Moussa. Uh, Pierre Moussa is the coordinating producer for NBC's Premier League coverage. Uh, it's a fascinating interview. I learned so, so much. He's just a, he's a fantastic guy, kind of my hero, as I mentioned <laughs> in last week's podcast now. Yes. Uh, but we had a really long and extensive discussion with him. If you are at all interested in in the production side of of, of sports coverage, you know, how it gets on there, how you sort of, especially when it's international, how, you, how, how NBC and Sky Sports work together, um, all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, stick around for that. It is really genuinely fascinating conversation. Absolutely. Okay. You have a note here about spreadsheets, Josh. What's, what's up with spreadsheets right now? Yeah. So, um, yeah, just, I want to just give a quick shout out. I mean, he gets, he gets a lot of shout outs, uh, at, you know, basically everywhere, but, um, uh, Ben Krellen, if you're not familiar is, uh, just a great follow during this time of year. He is, uh, um, kind of an expert in, in planning for game week, uh, for, you know, for the blank game weeks and for the doubles. And, uh, mm-hmm. he actually has a shared Google doc that you can download and take a look at. And there's a lot of great advice on there. So uh, he's I'm in this the, Google document right now as we podcast. Yeah, exactly. So I am, I actually am too. Uh, so it's at Ben C R E L L I N. So, uh, give him a follow and, um, you can find out a lot of information about the doubles. And, uh, you know, I, just want, I want to be straight up that we're actually, you know, definitely using some of his advice for, for this podcast. Um, mm-hmm. so, um, didn't want that to go unremarked upon. So yeah. Brandon game week 27, uh, right around the corner, uh, yeah. starts in what, four days time, right around this time in four days. Um, <laughs> what, what does your team look like right now? I mean, it's, it's a little tricky, right? Because Man City, yeah. Chelsea, Brighton and Everton don't have matches. Yeah, my team right now has two glaring holes in it, and they're from my Manchester City players, Leroy Sané and Sergio Aguero. Beyond that, I'm field. I mean, beyond that, I'm fielding a full team. I will not be fielding a full team as of this podcasting because the uh, three players on my bench, Laporte, also a City player, blanking, Phil Billing, presumably will play against Newcastle, though he. He missed out last game week. I feel like he's one of the more important midfielders for Huddersfield. But yes, I, I know no one wants to dwell too much about important players on Huddersfield. And then mm-hmm. Balbuena, who's still injured in the back line for West Ham. So, um, and then there's this new flag that I'm experiencing in my team, Matt Doherty. Yep, taking off in the up, 80th mm-hmm. minute, right? Yeah, still not a lot of news there on whether it's it's just an impact knock injury and then he could recover in time for Bournemouth in the weekend or if if it's something a little more serious. So we have to keep an eye on that. I would really like to not have to worry about Doherty going into 27, but but there he is. So yep. right now I'm thinking, what do I do? Do I Well, the biggest decision I have to make is do I take a minus 4? To play, uh, to sub in somebody for Aguero up front, be it Laka or Aubameyang or right. even Arnautovic, who I think we have to talk a bit more about given mm-hmm. uh, plans percolating for game week 31. Mm-hmm. And then Leroy Sané, who I think is top of my list of people to get rid of 
even though he did play the full 90 in the FA Cup, but you could argue that if you're playing the full 90 in the FA Cup, that's even <laughs> further proof that Pep really hates well, you. Well, as, as we all know, he has not had a lot of minutes in the Premier League in recent Yeah, right. Game so he's certainly fit fit for 90. That was no problem for him. All right. So it sounds like um, you're, gonna, you're almost going to have to take a minus four, it sounds like. Well, okay. So best case scenario, Doherty is fit. Phil Billing looks incredibly likely to start, then I could just make a hokey cokey for Aguero up front with a striker. And then I could right. field a full eleven. Right. And, I and am, we have to we have to note here that the 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 Aubameyang move, which uh, many of us were planning again, uh, mm-hmm. like this is the classic. This is why the hokey cokey, as we've all said before, as I've said many times before, just never seems to work. Like something always goes wrong. Um, mm-hmm. And what what and so uh, the first time it went wrong is because Aubameyang got sick, you know, before the Huddersfield match uh, worked out well for many of us, considering how well Aguero did um, at home in the Chelsea match. But now the concern is that Lacazette got sent off with a red card um, in the first leg of their Europa League match, uh, which means he can't play in the second match, uh, which means Aubameyang is likely to play in that match, um, mm-hmm. especially because they're down one goal. They're not one nil in that in that leg or against, against Bates. Thank you. Uh, going to the second leg. So, I mean, they're home. It should be fine. They should be able to win that match fairly easily. But there's a decent chance he plays. The issue there is, you know, can Aubameyang play twice in four days? Sure. Or three yeah. days, I guess. Uh, I think it's less they, than 72 hours is the hour-by-hour hour stat. Right. And it's a home match anyways. But the problem is they also – but there is a midweek run of fixtures the next week as well. And uh-huh. then there's another run of fixtures the following game week. So you're in a position where – is Aubameyang going to play four times in nine days? Yeah. I don't know. That seems a little less likely to me. Um, they did mention this. Uh, I was watching the ScoutCast captaincy discussion with David Monday and one mm-hmm. of his guests. And they talked about a lot of the discussion leading into the festive fixtures. We were concerned about Aubameyang's rest, and he didn't miss a single start during the festive period. I think that this season's history and recent history does show that he has the ability and the fitness to yeah. just keep going. So well, fair, I, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. It, that is true. It, it still feels tight to me. Um, mm-hmm. But especially because some of these matches that, that Arsenal play in are, are actually pretty easy matches. They're yeah. the kind of matches where maybe you could, right. you know, maybe at home to Bournemouth in game week 28, he gets rested. Um, okay. I don't see him get rested the way to Spurs in game week 29, obviously. Um, does so it feel it, tight to you? Do you, it, are you, it, I, I agree there, there is some tightness, but do you yeah. have some emo- emotional, uh, cognitive dissonance here just because the stakes are a little bit higher given that basically any transfer we're bringing in for game week 27 to me feels like it is a one week punt for lack of a better word. Like the stakes just seem higher with the game week 27 transfer. What one week punt because you want to bring Aguero back in, or what? What do you mean? Like, yeah, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. I, I suppose, but um, there's just uh, okay. So where I am at right now, as I was saying, I'm I'm caught between a minus four and not. I feel like I want to attack this game week a little bit, and I won't mind taking a minus four because I feel like there is because United and Liverpool are clashing against each other there is no like wide open fixture for some of my biggest attacking assets to just get out there and run free mm-hmm. so i'm feeling some pressure to find uh to find a big attacking asset that i think could score big 
Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think that's Arnautovic. I've got to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. That that, yeah. that seems a little dangerous to me. I mean, he did he, he didn't even start the last match, right? And he's been just, I mean, he just comes off with an injury like every single match. I mean, I yep. just, that just seems so risky. Yep. Um, yeah, the, that is really the concern with, with Callum Wilson out for Bournemouth. I mean, you've already got Jimenez. It would be great if Botchwai was actually starting, which he still hasn't done. Um, I mean, we both feel like Jamie Vardy is washed up. Yeah. Um, God, yeah, just looking up and down, there's just not a lot of excitement. I mean, you know, you could Lorente as a one week punt, maybe, you know, you could look at yeah. Ashley Barnes, Chris Wood. It just there's nothing that like really gets the gets the yeah. blood racing. Well, and, and trust me, I'm not arguing against bringing in an Arsenal striker. I think that is probably the the as of Monday, the smart move. And to what I'm saying, like an Arsenal striker, be it Aubameyang or Lacazette, I think is probably the what feels like the quick and dirtiest way into some attacking points. Yeah. In 27. I think so too. I mean, the, the question is whether I, I, I have any faith in Lacazette as like a, as like someone who can score like massive numbers, you know, yeah. like, I don't know. I mean, like on the season, I think Lacazette, how many times has he actually finished in double figures in a game week? It doesn't seem like he's, he has one, two. So he has two double figure returns. The last one was in game week eight. And that was, that was a way to full him. I mean, it's just, you know, nine, two, seven, eight, two, six, one, six, five, four. He's like, to me, he's like, I like him more as like a vice captain kind of pick, you know, yeah. like, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, which is fine. I think you could definitely there. Actually, let's get, we have a question here, Brandon, from, uh, uh, from Dave Newell. It says, uh, who are the best captaincy options this week? He says, I'm actually thinking of captaining Pogba. Will I regret it? So maybe by talking about the captaincies, we could talk, that'll help us to, you know, sort out our transfer thoughts a little bit. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who do you think, who's your bus team captain right now? Bus team captain right now is Mo Salah and, um, your vice captain is on Paul Pogba. So I am backing the Liverpool Manchester United match as a shootout. I think that each team is going to score. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and th- Liverpool's defense is a little rickety. You know, they, mm-hmm. they're still missing a true central defensive pairing. Plus, they have a major midweek match against Bayern Munich, which should be emotionally draining. Uh, and then to bounce back against one of their biggest league rivals in Manchester United. Uh, so that brings me to United, where I think that, you know, in the league, uh, mm-hmm. if you if you put the PSG result aside, they're still in tremendous form. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think Paul Pogba being on penalties and being in the type of form that he is, is an interesting captaincy shout as well. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I, I actually do have it on Salah right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may depend on how he does in that match. I mean, Salah can be a little bit of a form player. I mean, like anybody, you know, and so I feel like if Salah, if he scored a goal, had a goal and an assist or something like that at midweek, I think that would make me slightly more likely to to captain him. Yeah. Right. Right. So I mean, your your team exactly. Do you, are you feeling a full eleven on your bus team right now? I am feeling in a full eleven. Um, I mean, I you know it's it's a weird one because I have all five of my defenders are away. So like you know right there it's not it's not great. Um, but I, I am feeling a full eleven right now. Right now I've got the captaincy on Salah. I've got the vice captaincy on Sun. I would consider captaining Sun, however, instead. I, I think that is a real possibility. Something I might actually consider doing. Um, you know, I've got Hoiberg starting right against now against the mighty Tom Heaton who could stop anything. I know that is, that is the worry. 
Um, so, you know, I, I, I'm so someone had a question here because uh, I'm in a similar situation. Um, Scott Kellard says, is only having nine players this week and four of them playing each other acceptable? Um, is that wild card time? I think I would try to get to 10. I, I think nine. Is, I, okay, so here's my, my, my feeling about this game week because it's kind of a crap game week. I mean, I mentioned uh-huh. before, you've got Cardiff, Watford, West Ham, Fulham, Burnley, Spurs, Bournemouth, Wolves, Newcastle, Hutter. I mean, there are just... It's just crap, you know, like it's just, they're like in, in the, the kind of the one, you don't have a lot of those kind of classic, like the, the recipe for a good game week is a lot of classic, like really good team at home to a bad team, you know, mm-hmm. or like I, what, what I, ideally you want to be someone like Bournemouth, like a team that's actually going to try to play a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and not just like, you know, like park the bus. So, uh, you know, but Man United playing Liverpool, that game feels like it's anybody's, anybody's guess, you know, how that one's going to work out. Yeah. Arsenal Southampton, I mentioned before, just the, that concern about the Europa League hangover, which just dampens their, their prospects a little bit. The other problem with Arsenal is that you can basically only bring in their forwards. Right. I mean, I, you know, Kolosnik is like maybe a player you consider, mm-hmm. but yep. the midfield is dead. Right. Is there a single midfielder player you consider? On no, the, not a single one. No, not no. A, unfortunately. Yes, like, unfortunately. Yeah. I feel like Alex, you know, like all these players, like you don't want a Wobi, you know, you know, like it's just it's there's no fun in having a Wobi. Like, yeah, a Wobi yeah. is just um, I, I mean, I, I applaud you if you if you want to go there and risk it. But it's a risk right. and it's a punt. And let's be Even clear about that. The goal he scored was kind of a lucky deflection. So. I, I just don't see a lot of value in loading up on any of these, you know, and, and most of these fixtures. Um, you know, I think the one team that that is kind of tempting is West Ham at home to Fulham. Um, I think, you know, Felipe Anderson is the one player that I'm really looking at right now. And Richarlison to Anderson is a move that I'm definitely considering. Um, that move would get even more appealing if uh, if Chelsea beat Man United today. Um, yep. That means that there'd be a, a game week 31 blank for Everton. So kind of one less reason to hold on to Richarlison. No news yet. We're five minutes into the uh, <laughs> okay. the uh, Chelsea United Cup match and it's nil-nil. Yeah. But what do you think? I mean, I, I think it's fine sometimes to only field 10 players, right? Nine or 10? Yeah, well, I mean, that, uh, yeah, as I mentioned, that's where I'm at right now. And it looks like I'll probably just be... If I burn four, I'll be happy with a starting 11, and that's pretty much it. And you have to – yeah, you have to do that cost-benefit analysis of, oh, if I I field a a team that's a little bit shy instead of burning a minus four, that could end up even being better than burning minus four to bring in a player that uh, is probably not that great or sure to score you points and could end up with the one or two-pointer for you. All right. So is it is it worth a minus four just to secure that you have a dead body and you're starting eleven? All right, I've got I've got a little game I'm going to play for you here. I just to wrap up this game week twenty seven discussion because I want to get into some of this chip talk stuff. Yeah. All right. So here's my question, Brad. I'm going to go through all eight of these fixtures, okay? Mm-hmm. And you are going to tell me if there's a player on either team that's worth burning minus four for, okay? <laughs> okay. All right. Cardiff Watford. Hmm. No, I don't. No, there's no one. That one's an easy one. I started with an easy one. Uh, West Ham, Fulham. Yeah, you could make the case for Felipe Anderson here, I Me think. Me too. Yeah. I think he's the only player that I think would be worth burning for. I would rather yeah. have no third forward than Arnautovic, I have to say. I mean, uh, he could totally go off, but I feel like he could also like play 58 minutes and get one point. You, know, it's you wouldn't crazy. burn minus four for Sergio Rico? I don't think so. I don't. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry, exactly. That's, that's why you're yeah. having a good season, Josh. Yeah, that's true. Smart play. Uh, okay, Burnley Spurs. It's an interesting one. 
Yeah. Um, I, I'm feeling minus four for sun. So there is much, there is much talk around sun right now. And I don't know if it's just these Spurs owners against these Spurs non-owners, but the fact that Spurs have been winning these games that based on 90 minutes should not have won uh, Leicester or Newcastle, or they're, they're kind of winning at, at the depth mm-hmm. and they're not passing the eye test. That is the non-owner argument. The owner of Sun argument is just look at this guy. This guy's in, in intense form, right. particularly uh, in FPL, where he's just like scoring, uh, what, 11 I mean, hey, goals he scored, since he came back from the Asian Cup? Scored the opening goal in the Dortmund match, too. Yeah, yeah, even even in the Champions League. Um, but the, you know, the the argument here as for me as a non-owner is is are we coming up against the gambler's fallacy of he's due for a blank? And uh I don't know. Uh, it's it's just the form is defying expectation. It's Mo Salah-esque okay. form. Okay, I think that he is worth burning four for, and I think he's a very viable captain choice this weekend. In fact, I'm, I'm starting to talk myself into captaining him. So, there's no credence to the the form of the Burnley defense and them playing at home. I don't know, not really. I mean, they they like they haven't played a lot of really tough teams during this stretch. I, I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that sold on this team. I, I think they're, okay. you know, I mean, I, I do think that Heaton coming back has helped, and I, I think that their form is better. But I mean, yeah. I would be shocked if Spurs didn't score in that match. Yeah, and I, I, yeah. I honestly think uh, that there's a good chance the Sun is in the points. Yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they conceded in that match. I wouldn't burn forward to bring in a, a Spurs, you know, defender. Right. Um, especially because you never know who's going to actually start any game week. Yeah. Uh, all right. Bournemouth Wolves. Anyone worth burning for in Bournemouth Wolves? Uh, no. I mean, Bournemouth's attacking prospects, there's too many injuries there. That's a problem. And then Wolves, you probably already have a couple of Wolves players, so you're not burning for it. Yeah. Uh, what about Newcastle Huddersfield? Rondon, arguments? Rondon is an interesting yeah. one here for me for a minus four. I think you could say him. Yeah, it's close. Um, I was actually thinking maybe even like a possible Newcastle defender. I mean, mm-hmm. Huddersfield is, I mean, it may, you may only end up getting two points out of that, but you're also investing in a, a team that has a lot of good fixtures coming up. Yeah. So it might be worth it might be worth the hit in that case because you have Huddersfield at home followed by Burnley at home uh, followed by Everton at home two weeks after that and um, Newcastle and then, it will be yeah. a key game week thirty one blank team which will you know maybe we'll touch upon in our chip talk yeah and there was a question from uh, Minato who said what's the best Newcastle defensive asset um, I think it's Jamal Lasalle's that's the one that I'd be the most likely to to pick up yeah. uh, four point four point six million um, you know guaranteed starter in that team he's the captain. Um, you know, scored three goals last season, only has won this season, but he was injured for a, a big stretch of the year. So, um, yeah, I think he's the one that I would, I would consider. I mean, Yedlin's fine too. I think that, you know, Yedlin or LaSalle's, I slightly lean towards LaSalle's. Yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, Shar is an interesting prospect that's just come into form. Sure. But, um, and, and he gets forward like nobody else, but you do have to really like LaSalle's on set pieces. And I think he's due a goal this season. All right, three more. Leicester, Crystal Palace. Mm, mm, no. Mm, no. <laughs> I mean, who would you trust? I mean, it, you know, like, I mean, like, we all like James Madison. I think he's a fun player to watch, but I mean, yeah, yeah he's really, in, I mean, he's like, what, like one assist in seven games or I mean, something so, like that? Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and similar to what you were saying about Newcastle, the one appealing um, 
type of asset here would be a Leicester defender, not necessarily True. for this match, but looking long term. That's a good point. Yeah. So yep. Pereira, possibly Dean to mm-hmm. Pereira, maybe yep. that would be like a reasonable minus four. Uh-huh. Um all right, Arsenal, Southampton, we kind of talked about this already. Um, I think, you know, you could burn four for one of the two forwards. I think either one. Um, burning four for Kolasnik, I don't love that. No, uh, yeah. The Arsenal defensive form is is quite abysmal. And yep. uh, are they, they're playing really young players on the flanks for Southampton. Let's see, would, be, would Kolasnik be running at Valerie? Because uh, that could be an interesting matchup, a young, smaller Valerie against Cola. But yeah, that said, you can't really trust the Arsenal defense, and you're mm-hmm. really just banking on Kolas not getting into the box and attempting an assist. Yeah, and I, I actually thought Southampton played Arsenal pretty well the first time they played. Um, you know, what was it like f- five or six weeks ago? You know, the first half of this leg. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I I don't love that. Uh, and then Man United Liverpool. Kind of interesting one because obviously most people already have a few players, you know, from both teams. Right. You know, what about someone like Sadio Mane? Yeah, uh, for a minus four, particularly if you're looking to you're looking toward game week 31 and that blank and and starting to stock up. Um, yeah, that's that's that would be an interesting yeah. differential pick. It's reasonable. Yeah. Reasonable. Yeah. All right, Brandon, that is uh, our Game Week 27 discussed. It's It feels very fluid right now. I don't feel like mm-hmm. we've totally, you know, we'll talk about this more on uh, on, on Twitter, you know, throughout the week. But um, I, I think right now uh, there, are, there are various viable captaincy choices. we got to wait till the, the Champions League is really wrapped up to, to know for sure. But um, I think that it's kind of a – I like it when there is um, a lot of – like like a lot of captaincy ambiguity. I just think it makes the game more fun. Um, you know, and I think right now you could look at Arsenal's forwards, you could look at a multitude of players in Man United Liverpool, um, you know, possibly Son, possibly your boy, Raul Jimenez. Yeah, baby. Yeah, maybe. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's, I think that's enough on game week 27. Uh, let's move into chips after a short break. All right, Brandon, we're back. It is chip time. Brandon, I'm going to start off with a true or false here. True or false, Brandon. Chips are slightly gimmicky, and I wish that they had not been added to the FPL game. True. That is – that's true. <laughs> I mean, we're we're old-timers. Like like many people <laughs> listening, we're old-timers, and, and many people pine for the olden times when you, there were no chips. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, chips chips have added another level and, and another dimension, but – they do skew our thinking to this time of year. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm also probably that can be biased. Frustrating. Yeah. I also think it's, I, I'm just biased because I think they're, I think they're hard to talk about because it's like, it's different for everybody. It's like talking yeah. about beauty or something. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> wow. Like that was profound, man. These series of podcasts where we just talk about beauty, you know, and it's like, well, it's all relative and it sort of depends on your perspective. And, you know, it's like you, we can't issue any definitive proclamations. And so that's kind of how I feel about chip theory and what to do. And so is there uh, any – cre- okay, yeah. so just, just on that beauty point. Mm-hmm. soccer football it's called the beautiful game is that yes are you have you just have you just pulled the thread on that tagline for the sport and that you can't yeah. really call something blanket in a blanket way a beautiful game because it is entirely subjective wow that's that's profound wow. i think we should stop the podcast for like an hour and just think about that and, yeah. and come back it could be an ugly game and that's fine yeah. that's okay All right, brandon 
All right, we're back. We paused it for an hour. We thought about beauty, and now we are here <laughs> to talk about the plagues. So just, again, I because yeah, I am conscious of not getting some of the weeds of this stuff. If if this is your first time playing the fantasy game, uh, you know, chips are um, – there's the, the triple captain, the bench boost, the free hit chip, uh, and then the wild card, you know, where you can remake your team is also considered a chip. So mm-hmm. these are all things that uh, – Many managers have been sort of holding off on until we have these double game weeks and these these blank fixtures, and that's the time when, when we want to use them. Yeah. Um, there, is, but you know, there's no sort of right answer for when to use them, and so, um, but you know, chip discussion has like really ramped up over the last couple of days because we now know. Uh, you know, with the, with the exception of today's match, who all of the quarterfinalists will be. Um, you know, in the FA Cup and. Those those teams that are in the quarterfinals will have a blank in game week 31. So right now we already know that Man City, Brighton, Man United, Wolves, Crystal Palace, Watford, Spurs, Cardiff, Arsenal, and Southampton will not be playing in game week 31. And it's also possible that Chelsea and Everton won't play in game week 31 either if Chelsea win today. So ton of teams don't play in game week 31. The issue there is that a lot of those teams that don't play in 31 will then have two matches in game week 32. Uh, so, and it's, it tends to be those very same teams that have two matches. So the question then becomes how many players do you want to load up on for game week 31 in order to you know have some coverage that game week, um, without being totally caught out in game week 32. So right now I have a team that looks amazing for game week 32 uh-huh. and a team that has like four players for game week 31. <laughs> yeah, I have and four so, as well. Yeah, and so the question is, do I spend the next few game weeks loading up on those players that, that will play that game week? And then do I, you know, or do I just play the free hit chip in game week 31 and just continue yeah. to, mm-hmm. to you know, um, and just sort of continue on with the players that I have right now? Yeah, stick um, to the, the issue, plan. Yeah, well, the issue there, though, is a lot of those players then go on and blank again in game week 33. <laughs> so there's, but that, but that we can't talk too much. And again, this is why it's so hard to talk about this on a podcast because we can't talk too much about 33 yet because we don't know exactly which teams are going to blank. It depends yep. on how they do in game week 31. Yep. Yep. Got it. I, I think what we can discuss now, though, given the FA Cup results that we understand, is game weeks 31 and 32, sort of the kickoff mm-hmm. of of chip season. And there are two ways to play this that are now circulating, two big theories. Mm-hmm. And one, as you, as you mentioned, is to um, is to build a squad that you can field in game week 31 and then free hit in 32. Yeah. The appeal of the free hit into 32 is you can build a custom team for these big double game weeks. Right. Uh, and then you save your wild card for the future double in game week 35. So mm-hmm. where do you land here? Do you do you think that there's bigger upside to have the ability to build a custom starting 11 for mm-hmm. game weeks 32 and 35 to fully maximize the double? And if if you think that you really want to be aggressive in those doubles, I think there's a lot to be said about this strategy to play the free hit in 32 and wild card into 35. Okay. My feeling right now is that I would rather continue to build for game week 32 and and just play the free hit in game week 31. And here's here's my biggest concern, Brandon. The teams that I wanted to start loading up with in order to have a like a fieldable team in game week 31 
suck. Like they almost all suck. Yeah. Like I okay, I have three Liverpool players already. That's like the one team that's that's good that has a blank. Thank God, right? They've got a blank of thirty one. But otherwise, I'm gonna have to load up on Huddersfield players, Burnley players, Bournemouth players, Leicester, Fulham, Newcastle, West Ham. I don't want players from those teams. You know, I, I just like maybe West Ham. Maybe I want Felipe Anderson. I don't want anyone in Newcastle particularly, right? I don't want anyone on Fulham. I don't want anyone from Leicester, really, even though their mm-hmm. fixtures are good. Yeah. I don't want anyone from Bournemouth. I don't want anyone from Hudders, God, Huddersfield in particular, right? And yeah. Burn, like, like, what am I going to drop Rolo Jimenez for Ashley Barnes, you know, just so I'm ready for <laughs> – it's just like yeah. the, the thought of, of taking all of my good players out of my team – and yeah. put in and, yeah. and, and yeah, replacing them with crap players for the next several game weeks in order yeah. to have players who will more than likely give me two points anyway in game week yeah. 31. Yeah. It's just, it just doesn't feel very appealing to me. So that's kind of where I'm leaning. Yeah. And I, I, I hear you and I, that's totally logical. And something that we always harp on is the, the Walcott effect and how we're, now we're going to set our sights on building this crap team for game week 31 without thinking more short term and all the points that we stand to gain from game weeks 27 through game weeks 30. Yeah, we're yeah. Shifti- shifting off all these, like you were saying, Wolves assets and um, City and United assets mm-hmm. for, for for what? You know, we're going to be losing their points in, in the short term just to get some crap squad for 31. But it is it, it's a it's a balance. Um of how much do you think you're going to lose in the short term versus gain when you sort of release the Kraken when the chips start falling. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, if, uh, if Chelsea, if Chelsea loses tonight, then, um, then they and Everton both play in 31. I would then have six players cause I still have her Charles, but then I'd have to keep her Charleston, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, again, it's just like, there's no, yeah. It's just it's just very tricky. So I Well, I'll tell you I, another yeah. another way I'm looking at game week thirty-one if if it's not free hit. Sort of like what we were saying about game week twenty-seven with the the meager uh four teams that aren't playing. I wouldn't feel bummed if I only fielded a team of nine players in game week thirty-one. It's just not gonna be a huge haul of a game week. And I think so long as you have Mosala against uh Fulham and captain him then you're probably going to be able to just at least tread water so it's not (laughs) like i'm looking to build a full 11 and a deep bench ahead of game week 31 i think that so long as you just have a modest team that's ready to play then so i mean let's say that you are trying to get to nine or ten players then for 31 i mean where would you be looking at i mean i guess felipe anderson yeah okay so you would target obviously three for liverpool you're looking Mm at uh probably a defender and attacker from Newcastle Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, maybe one or two attacking assets from West Ham, somebody from from a defender from Leicester and a defender. It's, it feels heavily defensive to me because I'm looking at Burnley, Newcastle, Leicester and West Ham Um, of those three. um, Well, but then you're going to be starting probably Andy Robertson in that Liverpool fixture. So there is just, there's a shortage of attacking players. You do mm-hmm. wonder how Bournemouth is going to be looking heading into game week 31. If Wilson is healthy again, maybe Junior Stanislaus is back and yeah. uh, David Brooks, then that yeah. Bournemouth fixture against Newcastle looks kind of promising from an attacking point of view. That's true. That, that's true. But they, just the thought of taking it like Paul Pogba for David Brooks yeah. for yeah. one game week, you know, it's just like, I don't want to do that. 
Yeah, yeah. I think the way the way you have to look at it is that's the end of the line for your for your current team, and the next iteration of your team will be a wild card. So you yeah. you're you're slowly building this this weird team for the blank thirty one. You free hit in thirty two, and then your next move is probably a wild card to get all those players back that you want. And what thirty? But then you could try wild carding in thirty three, maybe. But there's a lot of blanks that game week. So you would free. You would free hit and right. Right. No, you can't free because you free hit in thirty two. Where's my laser pointer at? Um, (laughs) Yeah, I guess you wild. I love that side. Yeah, yeah, you have to maybe wild card in thirty four, right? Maybe into thirty five. Uh, it's, it's 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 the sigh of this is the perfect plan. How could it fail? And then you mm-hmm. only get so far as game week thirty three, and you're right. like, really? This is the plan? Yeah, I mean, this is because then again, you yeah, exactly. Because you're gonna want wild card early too. Because if you're loading up on, you know. West Ham and Newcastle and Huddersfield players like that's not like a team like that is not a team that's going to win anything you know so it's like (laughs) so okay there's a question for FPL Bothany says what and I'm sorry we have a ton of questions here we're end up skipping most of them because I feel like we're talking about them already but FPL Bothany says what would be the minimum amount of players we should be fielding in game week 31 if we're not using a free hit ship so let's say we're not free hitting in 31 what is the how many would you be okay with you said nine earlier I wonder if you get away with even less maybe eight yeah, I mean, if you if you turned around and said eight, then yeah, I would I wouldn't say well you got to burn four. No, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's 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 going to be yeah that level of a game week seven eight nine ten players roll with it. Yeah, I think that's I think that would be fine. It's going to be I, this is yeah. this is something I brought up. I think it was on one of my kitchen table sessions. Was the idea of everyone is going to have the armband and Mo Salah in game week thirty one? It is that's the game week is going to come down to how well Mohamed Salah plays. Maybe this mm-hmm. is a week in which you you break out the triple captain chip. Mm-hmm. You can't gain any ground this week unless you happen to have a good differential on a team like Newcastle or West Ham, as, as we mentioned. Yeah. A triple captain on Mo Salah could be a way for you to just cover points that you're missing out on if you're fielding, you know, a smaller yeah. squad. I just the thing I want to highlight here is, Brandon, we're talking, we, we, you know, we just previewed game week 27, and now we're talking about game week 31, and I think there's a real concern here that people are just going to. Be too focused on game week 31 and forget about game weeks 28, 29, and 30, you yeah. know, and then, mm-hmm. and then all the moves are going to be about taking out players for game week 31. And what you're going to be doing is just taking out good players for mediocre players, every single transfer in order to have, you know, in order to have players for 31. And I just think that's, even if I don't free hit in game week 31, I don't want to have that many players because I just don't see even the players who are going to play getting that many points. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's losing those short-term points just for for this this 31. Yeah, it does seem silly. Yeah. I agree. I think you're right though. I think that Bournemouth is the team to target if uh if uh you know, you're going to I mean, I wouldn't even have a goalkeeper for these for that match or you know for these matches. So, I don't know. It's it's just very tricky. Um so uh Peter Lutsky says transfer strategy talk for those without a wild card. Any wow. anything different if you don't have a wild card? Um, yeah, I think a, a lot is different because, you know, if we're, we're talking about the, with regard to the doubles, you really mm-hmm. have to be focused, I think, more on the doubles than the blanks. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon, so many by people the way, gonna... there is there is a goal in Man United Chelsea 
Ander Herrera, the goal of machine, course. has scored for Man United. Okay, so that's good. That's good for for game week thirty one. We just got a few more assets. Well, we're we're veering toward having. No, it's a few bad. Assets. Yeah, we've just lost. No, no, that's bad. If. Uh, Oh wait, wait no. They, oh, that's right. No, that would be good. I'm sorry. I, now I'm I'm confusing myself. I shouldn't I shouldn't have done that update. <laughs> we are so through the looking glass in this episode that uh, yeah, no one knows anymore. But yeah, if if Chelsea lose this match, as you said earlier, Josh, Chelsea Everton is on for game week 31. So suddenly, yes. everyone's favorite FPL asset, Eden Hazard, comes back into the fray. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> so yeah, if if you don't have a wild card, I I just feel like the big upside weeks are going to be for game weeks 32 and 35 where there are big doubles yeah. and you have to turn yeah them. yeah that's exactly right don't worry about the blanks worry about the doubles you know you feel the field mediocre teams for the blanks just make sure you've got the captainable assets and in 31 that's definitely mo Salah or maybe sadio Mane. uh in game week 33 it's kind of the same right i mean liverpool play southampton in that match um you know arsenal play uh, everton in that game week too so that'd be another you know contender and don't get too stressed out. So if you have played a couple of your chips already, where you are, where you land at the end of the season, it's overall points. So if you played your chip earlier, if you played your wild card earlier, I hope upon hope that you you got a boost in points there. And maybe some people are going to marginally catch up with you while they played their chips. But the goal is to get the most points by the end of the season, whether you did that before this point um, mm-hmm. or whether you've waited this long. It's all good. Yeah, is, are they closer to these big double game weeks than they were last season? It feels like last it used to be like thirty three and thirty seven or something like that. Now it feels like it feels like everything is like way more compressed this year. Yeah, yeah, it does. I feel like it's just going to fly by with the blink of an eye. Yeah, not in a fun way, Brandon. Like in a, <laughs> in a bad. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's see. We got a couple more questions here. Um, Josh Big says, "Should I ditch Charleston or leave him because he doesn't blank in game week thirty-one?" Well, if Chelsea end up winning, then he would have a blank. But let's let's assume that he let's assume that Man United win today. Do you? What would you do with a player like Richarlison? Do you hold him for four more weeks just because he doesn't blank? Right. This kind of crystallizes everything that we've been talking about, because here is a player who's off, who's out of form. He's on a Mm -hmm. team that is that they're not in great form. Their fixtures are kind of turning. Do you ride a player just because he has a future game week, five game weeks from now? I think. And that game week is home to Chelsea. Not even a good match. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I, I'm feeling like it's time to ship Richarlison on regardless yeah. and just change your plans. And that's that's just yeah. a smart, shrewd decision that you have to make. I think that it might change the Lucas Dean discussion a little bit. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, if you still had both of those players, I still have Dean, you know, and now I might be slightly more inclined to keep him in my squad. Okay. Um, I mean, they play Cardiff in game week 28. I mean, that's a good fixture for him. Well, is Dean Newcastle in any better form than Richarlison is? I don't know. I mean, you know, he he almost scored in game week 26. He, yeah. you know, I mean, he, he did get the red card. But I mean, he, you know, I don't know. It wasn't like, I mean, he's been pretty, he's just weird. It's just a weird year for him, to be honest. It's just a, yeah. I don't, you know, it's like a, I don't know what to say about Dean. Like Everton is like, always this team. They were this team last year as well. I keep bringing up Theo Walcott and how he, he plays into these um, long-term strategy discussions because it was a Walcott on Everton. He was informed. Mm-hmm. We all yeah. brought him in uh, with like future double game weeks in mind. And then the team form went terribly and uh, he didn't perform in the doubles. 
So it's Everton yet again here with Richarlison and Dean. And this is this is our big problem now going into game week 27 is all these temptations, all these theories. Um, when it what it comes down to is think about it, strategize about it, but still play the game week that's directly in front of you. All right, Brad, we've got a couple more questions here. Uh, first one comes from FPL Vise. Says, uh, the only chip I have left is a free hit. I'm planning on optimizing for game week 32 and using my free hit in game week 31. What do I need to be wary of after game week 32? Well, I think you have to be wary of what the blanks could be. So we'll know after mm-hmm. the um, the next round of FA Cup fixtures how many blanks will actually be happening in 33. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that, of course, then plays into the doubles in 35. Right. So the the big issue there, yeah, is I think it's it is that game week 33 has all of these all of these blank fixtures and um, we don't know how many. I think there's only there can be like a max of four, you know, because it's like if certain teams win, not everyone can have. I don't know. It's, it's kind of complicated to talk about on the podcast, but like basically there's only so many blanks you could have because some teams will beat other teams if they get matched up against each other. Um, so that the team that, they, that loses will end up having a match, but um, it looks likely that Man City, Wolves, Man United, and Watford at the very least will, will be off that game week. Yeah. Um, other teams like Palace, Brighton, Chelsea kind of remains to be seen. I think this is kind of the question that's being asked too. If, if you're, you're free hitting, you free hitting 31, presumably you wild card and, 32 or may, maybe not. Um, so, but point is, as say you're wild carding into 32, I think mm-hmm. you have to wild card with 32 and 35 in mind. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. I actually kind of like my team as a bench boost team in game week uh, 32, like right now. It's like if I was wild carding, I would actually have a team very similar to my current team, um, yeah. which is kind of interesting. And so I feel like if I really commit right now to the, to the game week 32 bench boost that I just, I have to commit to the, to, to doing the free hit in 31. And I'm just going to spend all my transfers loading up on those players. Um, it's very tricky. I'm telling it you, is, Brandon, it is tricky. Right, what's the <laughs> next question? All right. Final question, Brandon is, and again, we're going to talk about chips a lot more in, in the upcoming podcast. So, uh, final question here is from FPL Rambo he says, I've used all my chips and I triple captain Sane in double game week 25. I am currently ranked 99 K. Can I keep a spot in the top 100 K? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, well, <laughs> It's going to I be think tough. so too. Yeah, it's, it's going to be tough. It, yeah, it's it's possible. I think it's it's worth keeping in mind that these double game weeks tend to Okay, so we just saw like a pretty explosive double game week. Uh, it sort of depends on how you look at it. I mean, we had like a lot of people who had Sané and that didn't work out. You had a lot of people at Aguero and it did. Um yeah, obviously, you know, a little port as well. But you, we, you kind of saw the whole the whole like spectrum there. Sometimes double game week, um, a lot of people captain a guy, someone who blanks over two game weeks. Other times, you know, you can captain Aguero and he gets you, you know, 25 points tripled or whatever if you triple captain him. It's just you, you never really know exactly what you're going to get. So um, I think if you don't have any of those chips, I mean, you can still have some of these players. You know, you still have a captaincy chip. You can still captain yeah. double game week players. I, yeah, I, the I thing, think it's yeah, the I thing think working fine. against Rambo is if there is a popular triple captaincy choice that emerges, which there isn't right now. So mm-hmm. that works to Rambo's yeah. advantage. But if there yeah. were, if one emerges and it hits in a big way then that would be the one thing that could sink your overall rank in a major way. But if that doesn't yeah. happen, yeah, I think there is a way to to hold firm. 
I think it goes back to that comment we had on Peter Oleski's uh, post, which is, you know, if you, what, what happens if you don't have a wild card? And it's just focus on the doubles. Don't worry mm-hmm. about the blank game weeks. You yeah. know, load up on, on the double game week players. Yep, 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 exactly. All right, so chip talk. Uh, it, 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 never, it, it doesn't stop until the end of the season. No, no it, it'll, it'll never stop. It'll, even in the offseason, Brandon, we'll be talking about new chip theories for next season. It's never going to end. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back to uh, recap everything we said and throw it to our Pierre Musa interview. Excellent. Josh, let's talk about our friends at Starting Eleven, the live Premier League fantasy app for your iPhone or Android phone. You can play for free or for cash prizes. Any day in which there are two or more Premier League matches, we're talking so much right now about blank fixtures, double game week fixtures. How do you build the perfect squad ahead? You have all this long-term planning. With Starting Eleven, you don't have to worry about it. Just pick up the app and start putting together your best 11-man squad that day for for those fixtures that are happening. You have no budgetary restrictions. You can make tweaks to your lineups even after team sheets are announced. And then you can make three live in-game substitutions as the games are being played. Cash games are now live in the UK, US, Canada, and Germany if you're playing on your iPhone. If you're on an Android device, you can also play for cash in the UK or just pick up the app and play for free wherever you are. Also challenge your friends, join mini leagues, all sorts of fun stuff. Yeah, and I, I just feel like if your season, you know, the, the fantasy game, you know, the the reason that we're here talking about this podcast, uh, it's that is mostly for pride, you know. Like we we like put a, like a little, we have our fifty buck cup, a little cash on the line, but sometimes I feel like you know it's nice just to like play for pure hard cash, Brandon. <laughs> Actual money. You're not planning seven game weeks ahead. You are just looking at the game week in front of you, building the perfect squad for that one game week, and you're playing for cash prizes. That is a lot of fun. Yep. So download Starting 11 today. Just visit the Apple App Store or Google Play Store or visit starting11.io for more details and helpful video tutorials on how to get the most out of the app. Brandon, don't waste your time gambling on things you don't understand. Be smart and participate in a game that you do. Go to starting11.io to learn more. All right, Brandon, we're back. We're going to head now into our interview with Pierre Moussa. As I mentioned before, he's the coordinated producer for NBC's Premier League coverage. Uh, he's also uh, coordinated a number of Super Bowls. Uh, he uh, is, he's won he's 16 won Emmy Awards. Six, I was going to say, and it was more than 10. Yeah, 16 <laughs> Emmys total. Uh, he is an incredibly impressive person, you know, one of the, the absolute top voices and minds in in sports media in the United States. And he works, you know, works with brands all across the world. Uh, really great interview. We learned, I learned a ton from this conversation. I hope you will too. Okay. We're here with Pierre Musa, the coordinating producer of NBC sports and their premier league coverage here in the States. Uh, Pierre, you've basically done everything in terms of sports producing and live TV coverage. How is it that you came to the premier league specifically? Was it a passion project? Was it a challenge that you're boss posed to you you mentioned to us earlier that you grew up in liverpool so you're you're a lifelong uh football fan in, or a family in liverpool. my family from liverpool your so, family is from liverpool uh to give you a little bit of background um well first of all thank thank you guys for having me um a little bit of background uh my family's from liverpool um 
mom born and raised there. Dad went to medical school there. My grandfather was season ticket holder at Anfield. So growing up as a little kid, I was I was always aware of Liverpool, not necessarily of the Premier League. And at that time, obviously, that was top tier of football before the Premier League started. So I was always familiar with it and, and the passion behind it. But growing up in the States, born and raised in the States, um, my, my passions were always more towards the traditional American sports, specifically American football. Um, loved it. And so uh, going throughout college and and uh, high school, I, I was able to get the opportunity to work at NBC Sports as a runner, go for you, take out the trash, you get coffee for people. And uh, with my family being over in Europe, it tended to be summer jobs at working the French Open and Wimbledon, earning enough money to fly over there, visit my grandmother in between, and then earn enough money to fly back. So as I went through college um, uh, and I graduated from college with an engineering degree, I kind of was like, all right, what am I doing next? And I wasn't really ready to sit behind a desk and wear a coat and tie mm-hmm. as you look at me wearing a coat and tie <laughs> yeah. sitting behind a desk. So it was inevitable. It was inevitable. I don't know how it all ended up happening. Uh, and and with my experience in working in television and, and working on many NBC projects in the summers, uh, I moved to New York City, and uh, that's how I got started in television and, and worked on many different projects. It's a long way of saying that as I worked on many different projects, um, one of the I, I worked on Sunday Night Football for many years under Fred Gadelli and Dick Ebersol and um, Drew Esikoff, who were all mentors to me. And when I had graduated my responsibilities from there, um, I was given the responsibility of helping launch uh, Major League Soccer um, and, and working on that project. And that was really when I started getting more involved in the sport of soccer, football. Mm-hmm. And as, uh, as that sport grew and grew, and I, I clearly remember being in Philadelphia, um, covering a Philadelphia game with Arlo and Kyle and um, and we're, we're, uh, the phones start pinging, and, and I was with a guy named Shaw Brown, who I don't know if you guys are familiar with, produces for Fox as well, and we had worked together at NBC at the time as a producer for, for Major League Soccer. And the phones are pinging, and everybody's saying, NBC got the Premier League, every in the Premier League. <laughs> and, and they all look at me, and I go, oh, that's great, we got the Premier League, that's awesome. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, that's going to be a lot of work for somebody. Right. That's going to be a ton of work for somebody else. <laughs> Needless to say, you know, this is, this is going on, and, and then the next day, uh, my boss, uh, uh, Sam Flood, comes to me and goes, hey, would you like to work on this project? And I said, absolutely. And that was really how I got started. And, and so um, I would say that it's something that, that uh, you mentioned the word passion. It is an absolute passion project. It's something that um, has been the most rewarding experience I've ever had in all of, all of my television experiences. And uh, I, we really, really, truly believe as a company that we're, um, it, we're growing the game of, of football, growing the game of soccer, and it's something that, that you know, he, my dad uses all the time in his, in his job and his career was a vocation. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a company-wide effort. We're, we're really behind the Premier League and the growth of soccer, and we think it's really special. So mm-hmm. um, in short, it was something that was an opportunity that was um, granted to me by my bosses and has turned into being one of the most impactful things I've been a part of. Mm-hmm. But the success of it, I have to stress, is an entire group effort. And, and that's not just on a production side. That is on all aspects of the company, from the marketing, the digital, the social, you name it. The entire company's behind it. And it's been a lot of fun to, to be a part of a, such a rewarding experience. Sure. Well, I was gonna say, I, I, go ahead. <laughs> well, I was just going to say that it's, I mean, it's, it's so rare to, I mean, you guys are almost, I feel like you almost universally, the coverage is almost universally respected. I mean, you know, as someone who, who grew up you know, with American sports yeah. as well, I mean, you know, you talk about <coughs> X, X company's coverage of X sport, you'll find a lot of people who are kind of haters. And I feel like that's really not the case with NBC's coverage at I all. Wonder if it universally has, respected. I do wonder if that has something to do with the fact that the Premier League is right at that moment where it's really spiking in growth and everyone is rooting for NBC to succeed. Because I agree the the 
the uh, the collegiality, the empathy, the enthusiasm, the group nature of it all really comes through in the broad- broadcast. And I'll say that just for the benefit of our uh, listeners abroad who don't get to experience NBC coverage. Right. Yeah, we were just we spent a uh, we spent a week in the UK last uh, last fall watching watching matches. That so was just kind of a yeah interesting interesting experience. Um, I actually have a couple of questions about that. Uh, maybe I'll just jump into one of those right now. So they they do things um, in the UK very differently. Yeah. But it, but I also I want to be clear that it's it's what appeals to your audience. I yeah. mean, um, and and uh, their coverage is exceptional, but it's it's a different style. And I think you know, especially for us, part of when we started launching the Premier League was it was important to understand what had been done prior. It's important to understand what's done in the UK, and then it was important to take a step back and say, all right, let's let's not think about this as soccer. How would you cover the NFL? How do you cover the Olympics? How do you cover golf? How do you cover all these other sports? And think of it that way. And that's kind of what molded our approach to covering the Premier League was taking our experiences from an Olympics where you're covering a, a, a sporting event in another country and bridging that geographical gap. Yeah. You know, you understand what the hardcore fans and the way that people know it in and out are covering it. Yeah. And then you understand our culture of if this is if this was the NFL during the one o'clock games, we'd be telling the scores and giving highlights immediately. <laughs> yeah. So I know that wasn't normally done in the past. And I know that some of the hardcore fans were upset that, that you're giving away scores. But if you're doing one o'clock games or you're covering the NBA and there's a million games going on or baseball yeah. in the night, that's the way you would treat it. So you have to you have to take all the different ways of sport and then come together and figure out your approach and how NBC wanted to approach it. Um, yeah. So that's kind of how ours has been molded, but it's definitely yeah. been molded more towards our audience, just like the Sky and BBC and BT's coverage in the UK is more molded to what their audience appeals to their audience. Yeah, I was going to ask you about, yeah, because Gold Rush, uh, Gold Rush to me is kind of like the yeah. red zone yeah. of, of, uh, of you know, Premier League coverage. Mm-hmm. I mean, as, as, you know, as this is a fantasy podcast, uh, you know, we, both of us, I think, are pretty dedicated Gold Rush watchers uh, in general. Yes, uh, at the 10 o'clock <clears throat> on the East Coast, 10 a.m., that slate of fixtures, right. you're, you're firing up the Gold Rush. <laughs> Maybe if, like, our club is playing, we'll have a second screen experience where we're watching that full match. Right. But goal rush is a blessing to fantasy <laughs> managers. Yes. So you never miss a goal, which is fantastic. Yeah. We, we, we messed around a little bit in season two with what we call breakaway, which is essentially goal rush. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the time, you know, it may, our fans may, an audience may not have been 100% ready for it because it was so intense. And mm-hmm. a lot of people got, you know, a lot of the feedback was, whoa, it's way too, you know, too much, too much, too much, because there was the traditional way of viewing the game where the people yeah. were used to and uh, watching the 90 minutes uninterrupted and you DVR and you watch that other game 90 minutes interrupted. Yeah. And so Goal Rush has been a nice, you know, that, that was maybe a little, we were too too aggressive with that. Goal Rush has slowly been able to give people that opportunity to find that balance because what Goal Rush did was it always keeps one main game and you, you bounce in and out of other highlights versus us just bouncing around, bouncing around. Yeah. Um, but ultimately as a fan, and, and, I, and I truly believe Goal Rush will, will eventually become something a bit more mainstream. Yeah. But right now as we, as we further, you know, experiment and evolve uh, yeah. the approach, it's a great it's a great offering online. There's the other, um, I forget the name Mosaic. of it. Mosaic, which, yeah. which is kind of like, it's like tapping into the matrix, you know, every now and then I'm like, all right, let me put up Mosaic. Let, 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 me, give, let me give you the genesis <laughs> behind this. So um, you've been in our, you've seen our studio before, which has the big wall. Yeah. Yes. So once the studio, we go to the games, 
we pop up all the games in the studio, just like in the control room where you're watching all the games. Yeah. And visitors come by, or all of a sudden you look around and be like four or five people standing behind you in the control room, <laughs> and they're trying to watch all these games. Right. And like they're thinking like, God, this is so cool. I can't believe we're watching all these games. We had the Premier League come to visit us, and they're like, we love this. This is yes. great watching all these games. And and so you sit in the in the studio, and the talent be watching all the games, and yeah. uh, and candidly, and I'll, I'll tease Kyle because I you, Kyle. Kyle sometimes can't focus on that many games, so he has to go in the corner and walk up and focus on one. Yeah. But but Joe aside, that's where the genesis came from was all these people would be like, wow, this is so cool watching all these games at once. And we're like, why don't we just offer this? I mean, this is just an awesome. Yeah, and so that's where picture. the match mosaic came from uh, was the was this is what we look at every single day in the weekend for us. Yeah. It's normal. So you don't think think much of it. Yeah. But when all these guests and people come <laughs> by going, this is the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. You're like, well, maybe we should be giving this. Uh, maybe we should be offering this. to people. I have a two and a half year old who mm -hmm. typically commandeers the main screen. Yes. Instead yes. of the morning. So for me, if I can have my laptop and I, I only watch one thing, I like yeah. to put the mosaic on and I can kind of. Like it just keeps my like obsessiveness in check. A yeah, bit. right. Sort of keep it on right. everything. Yeah, so I mean, the, yeah, Paw Patrol, uh, Thomas <laughs> exactly. the Tank. You know, I'm, I'm fighting with my son. I don't want to watch soccer. I want to watch Paw Patrol. Yeah, and you're like, kind of negotiating what ends up happening is you're on the small TV or your right, laptop, exactly. and he's got the big TV, and that's the yeah. way it works. So yeah. kick a ball. Is yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a good segue into more of a fantasy focused <laughs> talk. So in. As you can tell from the official Fantasy Premier League site, you can drill down to who is a manager who, a fantasy manager who says they're from the United States. Yeah. And of those people, there are more than 225,000 active. Mm -hmm. So when you're thinking about NBC's treatment of the Premier League in the States, things like Goal Rush and Mosaic, is there any consideration given to the fantasy experience or just more broadly what... Uh, what kind of appeal you can have in the broadcast to somebody who's playing the fantasy game? Well, I'll take the first part. Um, we don't do anything specific for a specific audience. Mm -hmm. Our job is to give everybody all the options they can, and, and, and ultimately, if they appreciate and enjoy the experience, they're all going to come back to the product. And yeah. I think it starts off with the product. I mean, Premier League's coverage itself from Sky, BBC, and BT is exceptional, and the, 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 the skill on the, on the pitch is amazing. So, but it could be something as a podcast, it could be digital offerings, it could be streaming, it could be Match Mosaic, it could be all the different um, digital offerings from Roto World and, and uh, a Pro Soccer Talk. We just want to give people avenues to which they can appreciate the Premier League. And that was probably the biggest complaint we received, uh, is the majority of our audience has only been following the Premier League over the, you know, the last six years. So they're always looking for more and how do we get all that, that, that background that, that a lot of the hardcore fans have had. So that to that, there is not a, a specific thing we do to target a specific um, um, group. Yeah. It's more giving everybody as many options as they can. With regards to doing things, more things for the, for the fantasy fan, to me, it's, it goes back to the hardcore, the basics. Highlights and information. That's what people want. And again, you're servicing all the fans. So we put a premium in highlights. The way we cover them, the way we do that. And our, our um, on-air broadcast team and the group uh, back in the VT land, the videotape area, they put a premium on the breakdowns, the telestrations, any way they can help. It's not just that was a beautiful goal, it's why that was a beautiful goal. Yeah. So as a group, they, as in our announced team and our highlight group, really, really make sure that they do the best possible job when it comes to highlights and analysis and, and, and also information, yeah. whether it's research stats or perspective. Hey, by the way, City's got a really tough stretch. They're in four competitions and they only have a two and a half day break between all their matches versus Liverpool, which is only two competitions, has an average of five days break. Just right. all those kind of things can give people that proper perspective. So it's, yeah. it's less of let's do something specific with fantasy folks. Let's do something that's going to help benefit 
the Premier League fan yeah. um, appreciate what's going on, and ultimately that's going to help the fantasy fan. Even even just the the film, you know, the film itself. I mean, I wish you know, as an I don't I don't think in the NFL you you have that same thing where you can just watch. You know, we're we're traveling back from New Haven to um, New York tomorrow, and we're like, you know what? Let's not watch. Uh, let's not even track the Man Chelsea City, Man City Liverpool, game because yeah. we know we'll be able to watch it on the commute home because we'll be able to pull it up on our, on our iPads and watch mm-hmm. it. And so it's, yeah, it's a great, it's a great fan experience. Uh, hold on, hold that thought. So I, ho- I don't think I'm misremembering this, but correct me if I'm wrong, Pierre. We were at uh, the original Blazer Con that okay. was a number of years ago in Brooklyn in Greenpoint, and there was a panel with uh, Kyle Martino. I think Rebecca Lowe was there. They were talking about. Uh, constantly tweaking the formula in the studio and talking about all the footage you have access to and what to do with it, they're in the studio before match talking about their what they're anticipating for the matches ahead. And then you realize you have all this live footage of the players tri- uh, prepping on the pitch ahead of game. Well, why not just share that footage for the viewer while they talk about the pregame talking mm. points. And I thought that was really interesting. You guys are just sifting through uh, all of this footage that you and figuring out how best to use it and what the fan wants to wants to view. Well, it, it, it goes back to uh, the number one goal we have is to service the viewer. Mm. I mean, you, you got to remember that people in this day and age have so many different options, not just on TV, on on digital, on phones, computers. When was the last time you sat and just you weren't distracted? So yeah. if you're not if you're not servicing a fan, they're going to change the channel on you immediately. And then it compounds that is you got to remember that people are inviting you into their home. It, they're choosing to say we would like you to be on our on our TV in our house. And that's why you always have people that that that, that meet them. Hey, I know you because you've been in my house all the time. Well, <laughs> yeah. we don't know me, but you know, we've been on you've been on the TV the whole yeah. time. So, it ultimately goes back to what can we do? How can we best service the viewer? How can we service the fan? So, as a group, we after every single show um, at weekend, fixture weekend, review the shows. And then on Wednesday and Thursdays, we do full breakdowns and reviews, and it's, it's, it's a brainstorming session. What worked? What didn't work? It's just sometimes there's, hey, that didn't work, but the next time we're in the scenario, this is how we're going to handle it. This is the first time we've dealt with this. And over the last five and a half years, the show has constantly evolved and grown and changed and modified. Uh, they always tease me. The only show that I have not reviewed um, or critiqued was our very first one because it's going to make me cringe to see where <laughs> what we did first to where we are now and what we could have done and all this other stuff. So Pierre, it'd be like us going and listening to the first episode of Always Cheating. No one should do that. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. But, I hope we burn that. But to get to your point, as we're in the studio and as we're um, trying to figure out what works, at the core of it, you have four announced team and a production team and a company behind it that are football soccer fans that are pure sports fans yeah. and they love the game and they're just giddy about it and if you say to our group you're going to get up at every single weekend at three in the morning and be in the studio by four and you're going to work a 12-hour day and you have to do it again on a sunday they would do it in a heartbeat because they, yeah. they love it mm-hmm. and so as they sit there and as we sit there as a group we'll, we'll constantly say hey wow this 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 multi-screen everybody loves it we should probably do that on tv yeah. hey you know we're looking at these people warming up instead <laughs> of talking about us and sitting in the studio why don't we talk over those pictures yeah and you're constantly trying to figure out what yeah. works and when um 
when we do the presentation a little bit along, we have our principles, our Bible, of what we're trying to do, and you don't want to lose sight of that. Okay. But as you constantly um, do the shows, you have to be thinking about what works, what doesn't, and evolving the show based on what resources you get. Maybe it's footage. Sometimes you don't get the footage. It could okay. be also about what the audience is looking for, what the storylines are. Uh, we really believe that we don't know when people are going to be sampling our broadcasts, so we have to make every single moment count and every single moment have impact because the one time that you as a fan who maybe not a Premier League fan tune in samples it, we want to make sure you enjoy that experience and want to sample a bit more and ultimately yeah. benefit the growing the game. Yeah. Uh, can we talk about Chirons quickly? Yes. <laughs> Everyone loves Chirons. <laughs> well, just I mentioned earlier we had our we had our UK uh, trip in the, in the fall, and yeah. it, was, it was interesting to see. And you were talking about you know the US audience getting more sophisticated, and there were some things on there like uh, like distance covered, you know, for players. Well, and, I, was, I was stressed. The US audience was always very sophisticated. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. I, I want because that's the one thing that I think was a big. <clears throat> um, uh, I dispel that immediately from the start. There is was always a very knowledgeable and intelligent football fan base. It was a matter of making sure that we became more inclusive and welcoming the broader audience. Gotcha. Right. And, and that was a big focus. So I don't, fair, I don't want it to be like, yeah. England, yeah. they only know, because that's not true. Right. Only in England, they know what the difference between a beautiful way to pass is. No, no, right. no. There are a lot of people who know the <laughs> yeah. game much better than them. It's, yeah. it's just a matter of making sure we opened it to a broader audience and yeah. make sure we were more inclusive in that club. Fair, fair point. Okay. But um, just <clears throat> as, the, as the coverage changes, are, are you thinking about adding, you know, like stuff like XG, you know, yeah. like are these things that, that may sort well, of pop up on, we're, uh, you know, we're, we're always looking at different ways to enhance, improve, to innovate. I mean, we're, you know, whatever catchphrase you want to say, we're always looking for different ways to do it. I think, and the data is always available. I go back to impact. Mm -hmm. You know, as long as we can enhance the experience, as long as there is a, is a, a concrete way that it can um, inform the viewer. Here is a stat that is actually has meaning. And if I say somebody ran 10 miles, was that good? Is that bad? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah. And so the worry you have with data is it becomes, you know, you make sure you need to, you need to put it in the proper perspective. Right. So with everything, we, we have no issues with evolving and doing things different. But, you know, when every time we do a telestration, we have to, and the big, you go back to it, everything must have a purpose and a reason. So if we're going to draw an arrow or a line or a circle, there's got to be a, a real service and reason for that because ultimately we're trying to help um, people appreciate something. Yeah. You put a bunch of stuff on there, that looks cool. I have no idea what that means. Yeah. Then you're you're not helping people. That's so, true. There isn't a lot of John Madden style telestrators. Yeah, is there? Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, and, and and you know, I, I actually got to work with with John for three years on Sunday Night Football, cool. and uh, you will never. And that this goes back to almost everybody I work with, but but John was definitely the pioneer. He, he made it look so comfortable and casual on the air. Nobody worked harder. Yeah. He studied, he prepared, he pushed, he reviewed. You made sure that you came 100% prepared for John as a member of his team. And you may not even work directly with him, but you had to be on your A game because yeah. he held a standard that was um, the <laughs> highest. And so as much as he was lovable and goofy in every <laughs> yeah. circle he did, there was a lot of thought and, pro and prep yeah. done that. So going back to the original point, with numbers, with stats, with errors and circles, everything else, you guys got to make sure that it's, there was a, a reason, a purpose for doing it. Yeah. And, and that way it... it, it it has impact for the viewer and it makes yeah, a difference. That makes and, and that way, sometimes what I try and do with our group is make sure if you can make a point 
with one clip, you don't need three video clips examples. Right. If you can make right. a point with one circle versus three circles, yeah. then just do one because ultimately the job is to explain things. Uh, Lee Dixon always talks about, um, he, looks at, he looks at somebody um, and he had a friend who didn't know the sport very well and he would try to explain something to him and he would keep explaining, keep explaining until he saw and looked at him and saw that light bulb go off. Hmm. He goes, okay, got it. Yeah. So I explained it to him. So ultimately, uh, as what we're doing is we're trying to make sure the light bulbs go off and anybody yeah. that's being done and, you, and just to clarify something else is that I know that sometimes um, football soccer fans you know you, there's a way to explain things without insulting them just like people who know the NFL really well they're still breaking down analysis they're still talking about formations they're still talking about zone reads etc explain yeah. the, the details of a zone read that doesn't mean you can't explain the difference between you know uh, overlapping run right there's just a way of explaining it that doesn't make people you don't have to talk yeah. down to people you just have to be inclusive and you have to be welcoming and, yeah. and so ultimately going back to all that information the wow factor is awesome, but if you're not making the light bulb go off, then you have to yeah. you have to balance that that uh, uh, balance uh, technology. That makes sense. I, I'm not actually sure what the distance covered <laughs> metric uh, didn't really mean anything to me when I saw it. I was like, oh, that's sort of. I, I think Josh and I can really appreciate that perspective, though, Pierre, and that we so we've been doing this fantasy podcast for four seasons, mm-hmm. and we have listeners who've been playing the fantasy game for more than a decade, and we can find ourselves falling into this pattern of using very. Uh, language that can be obtuse to a new listener, even though they they're intr- they're a, a hardcore football fan. Maybe they're not familiar with these terms like template team, differential pick, double game week, blank game week. Yeah. So we ourselves have to be careful to not fall into this obtuse language. Where if we have yeah. a new listener, we're going to immediately alienate <laughs> right. them. Like like Kyle <laughs> Kyle Martino, we're going to alienate him because he doesn't know what a uh, what a template. Yeah, we, is. yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, it's, it's no different than than when we start the Premier League. You kind of get yourself caught. So I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a funny story and I'll tell you our philosophy on that. So funny story was um, one of the first meetings I had with Rebecca Lowe was, okay, we speak the same language, but we don't speak the same language. You know, I speak the Queen's English, you speak uh, American English. Okay, let's get down. And we basically had a piece of paper, drew down a line, it was the Rosetta Stone. When you say, when I say this TV term, what does this mean? Oh, this is mean. Okay, great. Which term are we going to use? Then it would be like, hey, when I say this TV term, what TV term is this? So we basically went down and was like, no, we're going to use the American term for this. We're going to use the English term for this. We're going to use the American term for this. So we basically came (laughs) up with our own, I don't want to say pig Latin, for TV terms. So now during the control room, now we're five and a half years later, there are people that I work with on a regular basis who been in TV all their lives and everything else who go, I have no idea what you just said. <laughs> yeah. No idea what you said because it's a hybrid of, you know, yeah. Envision, ULA, on camera, VT, yeah. you know, what, what all these different terms. So, you know, it's, it's funny, but with regards to your, you know, template and all the other terms and um, we had to, had to this discussion. It was one of the, one of the most important discussions we had as a group was, okay, do we use English soccer football terms or American soccer terms mm. and we said we use both mm. so Kyle Kyle may say uh, uh, upper 90 and records say top corner mm. you know Kyle may say um, Jersey Rebecca may say kit you know we can go through all the different yeah. things but what we said well how do we make people understand and it's just repeating yourself yeah. it's not saying right. kit for those of you that don't know what a kit is that's <laughs> yeah. a jersey for yeah. you yeah. Americans you know you don't yeah. want to make people stupid you just repeat yeah. hey his kit got torn his jersey got torn 
just yeah. by repeating it instantly, mm-hmm. everybody knows what it said, and you're not insulting people. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and, and, and that went for laws of the game, and that also went for English phrases. Yeah. So Arlo will say to me, he'll say, hey, he's clearly under the cosh. He's under a lot of pressure. By just repeating himself, right. you know exactly what it meant, and now you've learned a new yeah. term. That's interesting. And, yeah. and, and you're, not, you're not making people, for those of you that don't know what that means. Yeah. You know, right. So there's a way of doing that. Um, and, and, and ultimately, it's led to educating people. And, and yeah. don't get me wrong, I, I get a couple times where Arlo will hit me on top of it. Do you have any idea what I said? <laughs> and, and he'll be like, he, he looks like he's running a marmite. I'm like, I have no idea what you just said. <laughs> Let me explain what that means. <laughs> so, so there, there's a, yeah. but, but ultimately, the, there's the, an authenticity to it. Well, though, right? you're just yeah. because we've just sat yeah. here and we both watch a sport and I've, we've thrown out the ter- different football terms, both yeah. English and American. Yeah. And they can, you don't have to be one. Yeah. Yeah. And it's an international global term, a global sport. Yeah. So it's just a matter of making sure people feel. You know, included and yeah. helping people. So going back to your, some of the terms you used, just repeat mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah. And yeah. ultimately, yeah. The, they're gonna they're gonna understand. And the the, the people that know what you mean don't think twice about it. The people that don't right. know what you mean understand what you understand yeah. what yeah. you meant. And yeah. and uh, it's a way of educating people well, in, in are, a positive are, way. Some of the masters of this are part of the NBC's team. The men in blazers have made a career out of creating a dictionary. <laughs> right. yeah, it's true. Of they also terms. make up their own words. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of times where we I have no idea where they're going. I still the word shaft still pops in my head all the time. But I think that that's something that goes hand in hand. What Men in Blazers is doing and what NBC's coverage does writ large is there's a level of inclusiveness and there's a level of come be a part of this 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 club, this really cool fun thing. I was thinking about that with Rebecca Lowe too, because you know we went to the very first Men in Blazers New York City meetup. This is you know six seven years ago now, I think. And uh, you know Rebecca Lowe, I think was like the first guest there. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know I, I feel like like I feel like I've like been following it's like when she got pregnant. And I was like, oh, that's great. You know, I was like sort of this person I never met, you know, I saw her on stage once, you know. That goes back to you're welcoming intimacy. people into your home. Yeah. You almost feel like you know them. And that's what yeah. that's what's great about the on-air announce team is that they are family and yeah. they love the sport. It's infectious. But I'd also I'd also make a point that the best compliment I get from anybody is I want to be friends with your your, your announce team. Yeah. They're, they're awesome. <laughs> yeah. And 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 it's you're right. they 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 love what they're doing, they're having fun, and you they they become a a, a family that's always on the, on the TV in your yeah. house in the morning. So yeah, you you, you follow along yeah. their careers because you feel like you know them. Do you think the morning aspect is? A, I know you do the Premier League <coughs> mornings as like kind of a. As well, a, you know, as a I'll, I'll, I'll talk a bunch, a bunch about it in a little bit, but it's absolutely that the the original um, marketing plan was creating awareness. It was about making sure people were aware of the Premier League and and embracing the British invasion, for lack mm-hmm. of a better term. And after a couple of years, we realized that there was a huge. Uh, fan base in here that was experienced the Premier League, but they weren't experiencing the pubs and the chanting and everything else. They were experiencing it in their PJs at home. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, our announcers and, and all, all the people working at NBC get compliments all the time, and the compliment is, thank you. Thank you for making my family spend breakfast and mornings together. Yeah. You know, the, 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 um, and, and it starts off with a conversation that, that you guys laugh. Hey, I never really like soccer. And you're like, <laughs> okay, I know where this is going. Right. <laughs> but my kids love it. Right. And uh, every morning they watch it. Yeah. So I want to spend time with them, so I watch it. And you know what? It's actually pretty good. <laughs> Tell me about this and this and yep. that. And that's a conversation you hear all the time. Oh, yep. And it's great. And so text. Like yeah, yeah, it's, it's this, like, yeah. hey, tell me about this. What about this? Et cetera, et cetera. So the, the morning aspect, as much as, as um, it's the marketing campaign, it's, it's about celebrating and embracing the American Premier League experience, yeah. you know, and there's a lot of research that was done into it and everything else, but the time difference doesn't lend itself, and and there's a benefit to it as well. Now, so yes, the time difference time difference doesn't lend itself to communal viewing in the pubs and everything else, 
but it does lend itself to PJs, breakfast, sitting on your couch. And also, there's no direct American sports competition at those, those times. Right? Yeah, right. So, right. so, so ultimately, you know, you look in the mornings, you got the cartoons, you got news. Oh, let's put on a little footy. Yeah, you know, yeah. and and that, that that allowed people to really have that communal experience. And um, uh, this may sound, and I do, I do truly believe uh, that our group, um, we all believe that we're almost on a mission. You know, missionaries for lack of a better term, ambassadors, whatever word you want to use. Right now is such a special time in the sport and such a special time in soccer. But I don't believe you're going to truly appreciate the impact that's being done right now until a generation from now. Mm. And what I mean by that is those little kids that are watching soccer with their dads are now going to be college-age kids doing it with their college buddies. Yeah. And the college-age kids are going to be the ones doing it with their kids. Mm. And you're going to grow the sport that way. It's, yeah. it's a generational thing where I can tell you right now some of the things that, 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 uh, that I truly love doing with my dad. And they're, and they're things that at the time you didn't think much of it, but it was just like, you know what? I remember doing that with yeah. my dad. I remember those things. I remember those that that's what these kids are gonna. They don't may not realize right now that they're spending time with their their, their little kids. Yeah. Just like your, your little one says, you know, <laughs> yeah. joking around. But you know, those are gonna be the memories they're gonna have of. Hey, I got to do this, with my dad. And, and how many things? I have a little one, so I can't wait to play catch with my son for the first time. Yeah. Now yeah. he may not love sports, and that's not the end of the world. But you know, that's yeah. the one thing I get to do with my dad that I really want to do. Yeah. And you know, there's I can't wait to do that with my kid. So yeah. imagine the little kids when they start <laughs> growing up saying, I can't wait to do. Yeah. Hey, spend the weekends watching uh, a Premier League team play and, and enjoying that experience. So it's I, it's really yeah. a special time. It's 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 a it's a lot of fun to be a part of, and it's and as a group, we uh, truly believe it's a responsibility we have of what yeah. we're what we're trying to do right now. And uh, from the on-air team to the entire marketing team to the entire company, uh, they're a hundred percent behind um, this passion. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about the generational thing. I mean, I was, you know, I was, when you when you talked about your your you know your son, I was thinking about my my dad. Like early '90s, uh, Boston College beat Notre Dame in some huge yeah. football game. You know, 1993. 90, 93. That's yeah. right. Yeah, and I remember my dad jumping up and down on the couch. He was so excited and. I was a sports fan for life from there. You know? Your dad's Tom Cruise, though. <laughs> My dad is Tom Cruise, yeah. He's very short, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think we can finish with two questions sure. kind of looking ahead, but uh, before we do that, you're talking about the morning experience. Uh, first, the indelible image from your marketing campaign recently was the pouring of the glass of OJ versus the pouring of the pint glass. Uh, both of those ring true for me. <laughs> Listeners of Always Cheating know that Josh and I, we're more on the pint glass side of things uh, the evenings. There's a whole industry of bars in, <laughs> across the country. That it's will, happy hour somewhere in the yeah, world. Exactly. Just don't forget that. It's exactly. happy hour somewhere Even in the world. in Australia, right? <laughs> Definitely happy hour at the Black Horse. But um, it's, it's great that there is very little competition for live viewing at that time here in the States early in the morning. And it seems like NBC is looking for ways to engage people with that live experience. You guys recently w- launched the Score Predictor mm-hmm. game, which is, uh, which is fun and also... Like so from us, from the FPL hardcore fantasy perspective, the price pre- <coughs> prediction game is much more, I guess you could say, low impact. Mm-hmm. You, you don't have to set a team every week. It's the gateway drug. Into <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, in terms of trying to engage people live or looking ahead to next season with, with launching other games or viewing experiences, what do you guys have planned for next season? Well, candidly, we're, we're still trying to get through this season. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that... To answer your question short, there are a lot of ideas, but nothing that's ready to kind of be discussed. 
I, we're always open to different ways to evolve. It could be the Snapchat show. It could be the free-to-play game of the Predictor app. It, it's a matter of just, just figuring out different ways that we can help people um, appreciate the Premier League and, and uh, engage with the Premier League. The free-to-play game was also a game they play over in England. I mean, mm-hmm. candidly, and I probably shouldn't be saying this, the, the UK team play it all the time mm-hmm. amongst themselves. And it's, yeah. it's you know, oh, just, yeah. and, you know so they, there's a group and they take it so seriously. <laughs> You're telling me that Lee Dixon, Graham Lasso are not competitive? I mean, come right. on, seriously. <laughs> so it's, it's something that's been played and, and it's done quite often. And it's an opportunity for you to say, you know, hey, I may not be 100% interested in this game, but it'd be interesting to see because I predicted two one scoreline. So it yeah. gives you, and, and going back to that, there are no home teams in the U.S. You know, if, if you're in the U, if you're born in the UK, birthright, several tiers of football. Yep. You know, you're, you're born into your thing. Yep. Here, there's no home teams. There's candidly no connection. It's a geographical divide. It's not like you grew up in Connecticut, so all of a sudden you're going to be a Yankees or a Red Sox fan. I mean, there's there's no reason. So yeah. you got to find a way to build that connection and that and give people a, a way um, to ultimately appreciate the sport. And once you get that connection, once you build that connection, ultimately you're going to be hooked for life. The, the, the sport itself, the competition itself. Is phenomenal. It's not like we're selling something that that's not high quality. Yeah. It's just a matter of just giving people reason to kind of, hey, you know what? Let me dabble all the free to play. I can win fifty thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what? Yeah. I actually really enjoy this. Hey, my kids watching. I'm gonna say, yeah, you know what? I might actually. This is really good. Yeah. So it's just different ways, and, and different people find different ways to engage it. So ultimately, um, whether it's the free to play game, whether it's Snapchat, whether it's the streaming, whether it's the micro mosaic. Our job is to provide the best experience yeah. for our audience um, yeah. on any platform yeah. and make sure that they truly enjoy it. And, you know, it's 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 a growing, um, you know, what, what's the, the cliche? A rising tide lifts all boats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's the most important thing. It goes back yeah. to the number one goal, grow the game of football, yeah. grow the game of soccer in the United States. And that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. Well, I think about the personality thing. I mean, you know, it's kind of like the NBA right now where the NBA, it's – the games matter, but they're kind of yeah. the games are just part of the fun that allows you to follow Anthony Davis and what's going on yeah. there. And I, I feel like you're seeing that more and more in the Premier League too. You know, sort of, you know, what's going on with Mo Salah? Yeah. Pogba, Pogba, of course. You know, yeah, the Mourinho, obviously. Yeah. You know, you get, I, I think the one thing that I, I think that when I go to people like explain to me, so there's no playoffs and everything else. Well, you know, yeah. if you look at any other major sport in the U.S., they don't play each other the same equal amount of time, and oftentimes don't play the same opponents. Yeah. yeah. You know, in the Premier League, you play everybody twice, home and away. Yeah. So at the end of the season, it's fair. You yeah. know. And, and also, you can say, well, playoffs, well, what's the regular season? What meaning does it have? In the Premier League, hey, listen, Liverpool dropped points to two straight weeks, and all of a sudden, they're, 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 they're not top of the, 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 top of the, the, the table. Yeah. So it, it's goals, hey, there's like slow scoring. Well, don't you have seen something special? Yeah. When you get that one goal in that, that one nil game, yeah. it's like, wow, that's pretty special. Yeah. I, I got frustrated um, with everybody saying the Super Bowl's boring. I love the Super Bowl. I thought it was great. I mean, if you love sports, yeah. I love a pitching duel. I love defense. I love, you know, back in that one touchdown was scored, pretty darn good. I mean, granted, the, the, the defense wore down. Yeah, yeah, and, and then, listen, right, yeah. Gronk, I mean, over the shoulder. I mean, yeah. that, to yeah. me, you, you want to, if you're a sports fan, I don't say if you're a person, you want to see greatness. It doesn't yeah. matter. It could be in theater. It could be movies. It could be music. You love greatness. You love yeah. seeing something special. You love seeing, and the Premier League, um, Every week and gives you something crazy and special. Yeah. I, I was uh, having my one of my first conversations when we were when we were some of the Premier League team was Robbie Musto. I was talking to him and said, "Hey, listen, we got forty hours of coverage a week. I don't know what we're going to fill the time with." I said, "I'm really worried about this." He goes, yeah. "He goes, stop, stop, stop." <laughs> with the Premier League, there's always something to talk about. Yep. And I'm telling you right now, five and a half years in, 
he was 100% right. Uh, <laughs> there hasn't been one day where we said, all right, Monday, it's, you know, it's not yeah. the missing exciting excitement. Oh, wait, somebody got fired. This guy happened. This happened. There's always yeah. something to talk about. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's truly uh, the best entertainment you can have. Yeah. Well, I know you've got to go. Uh, it was fantastic talking to you. I, I could do this for like another hour. But, uh, <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so yeah. much, Pierre, for coming. Yeah, yeah, my pleasure. Anytime. Okay. All right. Thank you. We're back. Josh, you were right. What an amazing interview, Pierre. A class act. Thank you for your time, Pierre. I hope all of you guys enjoyed listening to that little insight, a little behind the curtain on what it takes to produce live sporting events for the masses. Uh, yeah, agreed, Brandon. I really enjoyed uh, meeting him, and uh, and now I, I enjoyed having a new hero. You know, that was the mo- that was the best part. <laughs> I need uh, a hero. <laughs> uh, so, thank you for listening to the podcast. If you would like to support the podcast, get a bonus podcast each week. Talk to us on the Slack. Get an always cheating T shirt. All kinds of cool stuff. Go to patreon.com slash always cheating to learn more. Brandon, do you want to thank our producers? Yeah, big thanks to our producers, as always. Mike DiPietro, Stephen Toomey, Sam Streak, Jacob Roberts, Carl Rasmus, Lini Granley, Chris Howell, Raphael Khan, Martin Savage, Rick Brailsford, Jim Payne, Adam Benjamin, Max Chamberlain, Brian T., Trevor Ingerson, congratulations to baby Max, Trevor, Chris mm-hmm. Carter, DeBig Gaffer, Danny Evans, Babas Kuhn, Tor Ferdland, Husby Carmichael Esquire, Ben Grant, James Holland, and Matt Ritter. Thanks, guys. Uh, And don't forget to subscribe to the Always Cheating Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Acast, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Go ahead and leave us a five-star review. That really helps us. Costs you nothing, but it depends on how quick a typer you are. 15 seconds, 30 seconds, that's up to you. Uh, also, follow us on social media. Where can people find us there, Josh? You can find us on Twitter, at Hail Cheaters. Instagram, also Hail Cheaters. That's H-A-L Cheaters. Uh, Facebook.com slash Always Cheating. You can also email us, HailCheaters at gmail.com. Or if you've missed all of this, uh, just visit our website, AlwaysCheating.com. There you can find links to uh, each episode of the podcast, our Patreon page, uh, learn more about us, and uh, yeah, lots more. And while it while we recorded this podcast, Paul Pogba has just scored for Manchester wow. United in the 45th minute. So here we come, Chelsea Everton. Wow. And okay, that makes the Pogba captaincy even more appealing, doesn't it? Man, he's been good. Okay. Very much right. in form. Man, I knew that was gonna happen. All right, fascinating. Hail Pogba. Hail Pogba. <laughs> Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.